Yes. Fitness Functional Longevity Podcast. My name is Chris Borda. I am a best-selling author and owner of Yes Fitness. Coming to you on another beautiful Tuesday afternoon in Burlington, Connecticut. I hope everyone's doing well. We're going to get right into it today. Uh, I should say housekeeping. We are open Good Friday and uh, we are open on Saturday as well. No change in our schedule due to the holiday. So we hope to see people getting in here on Friday. Some people that maybe not normally get here on a Friday because they have off. They can get in, get a workout in, and get ready for the holiday weekend. All right, so here we go. We're going to start off with a little story today. A story about two shoe salesmen. So there's two shoe salesmen that were sent to a small village in Africa. So they jump on a plane, they fly a long journey across the Atlantic Ocean and down, and they land into a city in Africa. And they jump in a car together from that city, and they make their way on an 18, 20-hour trip, whatever it is, a long trip to a small village in Africa. And the first shoe salesman gets out, looks around, and right away jumps on his phone, gets his boss on the phone and says, hey, get me the heck out of here. No one wears shoes. I can't sell any shoes. I need to get out of here right now. Second salesman crawls out of the car and looks around, and he sees that no one is wearing shoes. He jumps on the phone right away and says to his boss, hey, boss, send me every pair of shoe you got. Send me whatever you can. No one wears shoes here. It's a tremendous opportunity to sell shoes. Now, what does that have to do? with fitness and what I'm going to talk about today. I want you to keep an open mind. I want, to, I want you to see the opportunity here to learn and understand how we can improve or how you can improve your exercise program to help you have more power and to help prevent falls. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So keep an open mind because this is new stuff. This is um, stuff that is really cutting edge. It's only been out for a few years and we've incorporated it into our coaching. And uh, if you're not in the area and you're out there exercising, I think you definitely need to incorporate this type of training into your program, not only to help prevent falls, but to help your athletic performance if you're a weekend warrior, whatever it might be, it's just going to help you live a better life. You're going to feel better, you're going to move better, and you're going to perform better. So there's definitely a relationship between power and fall prevention so when we're talking about balance here we're talking about fall prevention actually stopping the fall so what happens when you go to stop a fall you need to be able to move quick and you need to be able to plant your foot and be able to absorb those forces you need to be strong enough to absorb those forces but you also need to have the power to be able to come back up from that fall so you need to have the power to be able to move quickly you need to have the power to be able to absorb the fall and you need to have the power to be able to get yourself back up whether it's upper body or lower body so today i had a client who kind of lost their balance a little bit and they put their hand down to stop themselves from falling they caught themselves on a barrier that i had set up for them if they didn't have the f upper body power that we've been working on over these years, they probably would have fallen because they're already in, its, in, a, um, in a stance, in a position. There wasn't any movement going on up and down as far as being able to like stop or prevent the fall with their lower, lower body. It was with their upper body that they prevented the fall. So you need to develop power both upper body and lower body. Okay? 
It's the first thing to keep in mind here. To prevent falls, it's not just about balance. It's merely more about having the ability to stop that fall. So for a long time, well, let me back this up here for a second. Your body is made up, basically, that's going to keep it simple, of two types of muscle fibers, a fast-twitch muscle fiber and a slow-twitch muscle fiber. The slow-twitch muscle fibers, if I had a large percentage of slow-twitch muscle fibers, I would be an endurance runner in the Olympics. If I had a large percentage of fast-twitch muscle fibers, I would be an athlete. I would be a sprinter. But the general public, like myself, we're about 50-50. And we know and understand that around age 30, we start to lose muscle fibers. And which muscle fibers are we generally losing? We're losing the fast-twitch muscle fibers. So if we're not doing something after around age 30, we're going to start to lose those fast-twitch muscle fibers. And for the longest time, um, we thought it was the fast-twitch muscle fibers that were really super important with power. Don't get me wrong, they're important in power development and you need to try to address your fast twitch muscle fibers. They're the ones that help us move quick, okay? But it's the fast twitch muscle fibers and your fascia system, your fascia that helps develop that power, the ability to be able to pop back up when you're trying to prevent yourself from a fall or to change direction if you're an athlete or to be able to swing a golf club better. It's this fascia that's super important. And it just really research is coming out about this. So for years and years, years now, we've been, you know, back in the 70s, we found out we need to be training the cardiovascular system. We need to make the heart stronger. And then we've moved along and we always have known that we need to train the skeletal muscular system or our muscles as well. And recently we found out that, hey, you know what, to train correctly to really get the body to move better, we need to be training the nervous system. But now what we need to do is we need to be training our fascia system. It's important to be training the fascia system. So the fascia is a sensory organ that is interconnected and is responsible for dynamic explosive movement and injury resilience. So it's responsible for being explosive, be able to move quickly. But it's also responsible for the injury zone, stopping injuries. So the fascia is collagen and it's fluid based and it's like a matrix of all this elastic connective tissue that surrounds everything in our bodies. It surrounds all of our muscles, all of our organs, and it gives our structural framework that kind of hold us all together. And I'm going to show you some pictures of that a little bit later if I can be, trust my technology today. We're going to try to share my screen. But it's this fascia and connective tissue that creates the power. So don't get me wrong, we need to continue to develop strength. We need to continue to lift weights. We need to address our fast twitch muscle fibers. And it's the strength that is the foundation of power or the ability of fall prevention. So let me give you an example why that is. When you go to jump up high, right? You move down really quick and then you try to explode up high. Or if you're doing a jump squat, you come down and you squat really quick and then you try to explode back up. So it's your power, pardon me, it's your strength that is able to store that elastic energy, the muscle getting longer. So when we squat down really quick, our muscles are getting longer and it creates elastic energy. And for the longest time, we thought it was the fast twitch muscle fibers that we're able to utilize that energy to make us explode up or jump really high. 
But what we have found is that it's the connective tissue and the fascia that play a major role in this explosion, probably almost more important than the muscle. So we need to be able to work and train that connective tissue and that fascia to be able to be explosive, to be able to not only just help absorb those forces that are coming down and, to, and create that elastic energy when we're going down really quick, but to be able to pop back up really quick. So you can see sometimes there are actually some athletes that don't seem like they're big muscular athletes, but like for example, a lot of basketball players are very lean, okay? And it's these lean athletes that have developed this connective tissue and it takes, over, takes time to develop the fascia and the connective tissue. It doesn't happen overnight. Muscle, we can see gains in muscle in two to four weeks. But with the fascia, it takes six months, 12 months, it takes 18 months to really see these changes to be, to be happening, to actually be able to help us um, in our fall prevention, in our power development. So how do we train power? That's the question, right? We understand the background a little bit. We now understand why it's important to be training power, but how is it that we actually train power? So power responds to both stress and lack of stress. And whichever way it is, especially if there's a stress on it, the fascia remodels itself along the lines of impact, or the pressure, or whatever the stress is that's creating to it. And when it's stressed, very similar to like when bone is stressed, and you have osteoblasts that, that actually go out and create more bone, we have what's called fibroblast cells. And these fibroblast cells actually like they like cast a web, almost like a spider web, along the fascia, along the collagen, and it creates more fa fascia. And it's basically creating like a collagen helix. And this fibroblast, almost acts like a cellophane around the whole body, or wrapping around the whole body. So you can't train um, the fascia by sitting on a machine and doing a leg press, or sitting on a machine and doing um, seated leg curls, or knee extension, or bicep curls. It's a very, that's just a very muscle-based so we're not developing power. We are developing some strength, but we're not developing power. And we're not developing actually strength in the way that the body is designed to develop strength. So when we think about um, how we're going to stress the body, um, we're going to try to stress it in all different planes of motion. So let me go through different planes of motion before we get into my um, um, screen share because that's... Well, we're going to make sure that this works. So let me let me see first if I can share my screen here. I'm going to scroll down and it moved from where it was before when I was looking at this a second ago. Come on. Edit stream. Maybe it's up top. Is it up top? No, let me put my glasses on. Just bear with me a minute here. Technology and I don't always see eye to eye. Get this off of here. Get off my screen. Edit stream alerts. You know there was a button a few minutes ago. 
that was just right there on how to share your screen. Of course, it's not there now because once you start your broadcast, things all change. Come on. This is important to be able to understand this. I don't see it. I don't see it. No? No, I don't see it at all. I don't see it at all now. I can do polls. I can do alerts. Is it maybe in the stream setup? The stream setup, maybe. Use the camera. It's right here. It won't let me do it right there. That's what's supposed to ensure pre-gordon con is clearly distinguishable. All right. I wonder if you have to do it before you start, maybe? I don't know. Well, anyway, we're not going to be able to do it. I thought I could share my screen today, but I can't. So you're just going to have to trust me on this, okay? The body's fascia, like I just said, surrounds the whole body, around your muscles, around your organs, around everything. And some of the fascia, we call them superficial back line. So the fascia goes down across the back and down into the backside and superficial front line, so it crisscrosses in the front. And there's a lateral line and there's an arm line that just is up in the back and the body and down the arm. And there's deep front lines and there's spiral lines, just all different lines of this fascia. And I wish I could have shown this to you. All different lines of this fascia that crisscrosses around the body. So when we think about we're sitting on a machine or we're doing a dumbbell press or we're doing bicep curls or we're doing pull downs, we're really just working for the most part in what's called the sagittal plane. So the body, we break the body up into three different planes. So the frontal plane, if you were to cut my body straight down in half this way, okay, that puts me in the frontal plane. So if I do a side to side motion, I'm moving in the frontal plane. If sagittal plane, if I cut it down here, and, and I'm moving in this direction, forward and back, I'm moving in the sagittal plane. And then if we cut our body across this way and twist, that's the transverse plane. So if we think about when we're sitting on machines or we do a lot of dumbbell work, we're working a lot in the sagittal plane, right? Seated leg curls, knee extension, leg press, chest press, row motions, bicep curls, tricep work, it's a lot in the sagittal plane. So we can't be addressing all these different fascia lines throughout the body by sitting on machines or by just using dumbbells. We need to be omnidirectional, we call it, when we're training. We need to train in these different planes of motion when we do this. And when we're training in these different planes of motion, we need to make sure that we're training at different speeds and different angles because the body is very rate load specific, we call it. So what rate load specific means is if you train slow, the body is going to support that slower pattern and that's what the movement patterns are going to be developed. If you train fast, the body's going to support the train fast training and it's going to be able to have better fast movements. So we want to make sure that we're moving in different planes of motion because in life, we move in different planes of motion, right? When we go down to pick something up and we're crisscrossing the body, maybe it's to the outside of the leg and we're picking something up. But when we open the door, when we pull the door open, it's not in the frontal plane or the transverse plane. It's not in the sagittal plane. It's in all these planes. It's omnidirectional. And that's what we need to think about when we're training the fascia system. And 
the fascist system trains best, like I said, in different speeds and different angles, but sub-maximal loads, meaning not as heavy as we can do. We need to be able to train with some speed. We need to be able to train with some movement. Now, it's beyond my abilities to show you some of these movements in this setting today. But one way that we use to be able to train this is we use our ultimate sandbags, our, our DVRT system, okay, because the bag is not just this fixed piece of equipment. And we move through different planes of motion, like when we do a, um, a Dagen clean to overhead press. We're bringing a bag across the body and then up. So we're, we're training in a diagonal pattern at different speeds with different weights. So there's all different things. We use medicine balls to train the fascist system correctly. So um, it's impossible for me to show you all those movements. All I can tell you is that we need to be training in, at different angles, at different rates of speed, with different loads, and not maximal loads, sub-maximal loads, to be able to really train the fascist system correctly. The fascist system has 10 times more proprioception than the muscle system does. So it's really super important in our movements to be training the fascia in our power. So that's what I have for you today. I hope that if you're working out, find someone, certainly give me a call, stop by, email me, message me, whatever. I'll give you some ideas on how you can train your fascia. It will help in your athletic performance. It will help in your movement, in your daily movement, daily, uh, daily movement, daily. In your daily movement, it's also going to help with your fall prevention because power is important for fall prevention. And to train power correctly, you need to be training your fascia system. can't be done on machines. Can it be done with dumbbells? Sure, if you're doing it correctly, I think you can do some work with some dumbbells. Not ideal, but it can be done if that's what you have. Um, sandbags are tremendous tools to use for this. Medicine balls are tremendous tools to use for this. Uh, tubing is a tremendous tool to be able to use for this. If you do some elastic work with tubing. Um, but that's what you need to think about. So I hope you have an open mind to this. I hope you seek out someone that knows and understands fascia training. And if you can't find someone, you know where I am. I'm right here at Yes Fitness. So you can look for me again next Tuesday. For more information on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better on the Yes Functional Longevity Podcast. Everybody have a great evening, and I'll see you in one week. Thanks.